I've killed a hell of a lot of people to get to this point. But I have only one more. The last one. The one I'm driving to right now. The only one left. And when I arrive at my destination, I am gonna kill. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Soapstone. My name is Jake, and I'm joined as... That's my second week in a row, but I have the edit hey, this time. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, you can edit this one out. So I can actually take it out, if I so choose. But if I don't, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Soapstone. My name is Jake, and I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Dave. How's it going tonight, Dave? I now feel obligated to mention the part at the beginning, just in mm. case you do take it out. Yeah. Uh, I'm going groovy. That's going to be mm. my word of the day. Dave, it was a lot of... based on I'm just wearing tie-dye, apparently. We took out so many races remarks by you at the beginning of the episode. We shouldn't reference those. <laughs> well, that's why I give you the edit. I'm not doing it. You know how I feel about those people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I thought you were going to, you were going to like put up like a, a group to be like, oh, Dave I was thinking jokingly about it. hates these people. Yeah, my brain was doing the slot machine thing where I was like, the safest one is obviously just saying the Jews. Yeah, Jews would have been good. Because everybody hates the fucking Jews. <laughs> Dave is Jewish uh, for the people yeah, who haven't listened to the podcast. Dave is Jewish. No, my brain went to like, so I was going to combo like aliens and to like okay. destroy all humans or something, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, they're actual aliens or like men in black. Um, couldn't do it. Couldn't really find a way to close the gap on that joke. But I'm glad you're doing all right. Yeah. Weather's been okay. Nice. Mental state's been okay. <laughs> I'm looking around like, is this <laughs> yeah, my like... desk that will clue me into how I'm feeling? Where's you're my like, mood I'm... rock? Uh, yeah, you're like, well, pen. <laughs> pen for one. <laughs> and <like>, bills. <laughs> do you ever do that? Someone's like, hey, what's going on? You just like look around and be like, is there any context clues? Like, oh, I went to a thing recently. Here's a receipt. Uh-huh. Um, just looking for something to like trigger that... Uh, that moment in the brain, like, oh, this will connect the dots. Yeah. No, I mean, social media is so prevalent right <laughs> like, now. Ah, nah, not so much. No, <laughs> I mean, I, I do kind of stare off into nothing, but I don't think I look for specific objects. Right. Like, I don't have. Uh, this is the ins- this is the for the moment. My muse is this candle that's on my desk or anything like that. It's very much just like, all right, abyss, come on in. <laughs> I need to remember what in the world I'm talking about. <laughs> But yeah, yeah. usually I'll more so walk and think, mm-hmm. do some rubber de- d- buck. <laughs> Dear God, cut this. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go back. <laughs> <laughs> rubber ducky debugging of my own life. Mm-hmm. I just think like, oh, I might want to do this later and just like plan out part of my day. Maybe think about a work thing. Maybe think about like a social thing, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. I know we talk-, talk out loud to myself too. That's fair. If I'm alone. I don't do it with other people around. <laughs> right, because then you're talking to other people. And who wants to do that, right? Like <laughs> Exactly. The worst. I think we talked about it, but like that's basically showers for me. Like the most creative space imaginable is just the shower. Just sit down, 
let the rain pour over me and reach nirvana. And by that, I mean not do that, but basically me be squinting. there in the shower. Wondering why Jake's <laughs> quoting Lizzie McGuire. <laughs> I I didn't. I don't know the uh, the quote. I, th- I think is it's it a song? McGuire. Wh- whoever the actress is, I think she has done some music either with Disney as the character or separately. Gotcha. But one of the songs is like, let the rain come down and wash away. And ah. it's just like, oh, Jake's sitting in the... The rain's down in, in Africa. <laughs> you, oh, you Lizzie McGuire. Oh, that's okay. Shower. <laughs> yeah, that one's not <laughs> Lizzie McGuire. Uh, but no, it's a, it's a great thinking space because like... I don't know. I feel like the physical sensation of the water kind of helps distract from other. I don't I don't know, like mental distractions. And you're just like, all right, let's just focus up. Um, and you also like can't get distracted really by anything if you're just in the shower. I don't have like a shower TV or anything like that. So you just sit there and, uh, you know, think through a thought instead of getting distracted by something else. Yeah, that's how I do most of my programming, too. I'll be in a meeting. I'll be like, hey, I'll be right back. <laughs> Don't worry. I have a wireless headset. <laughs> the shower starts running. <laughs> Can you guys hear me? <laughs> uh, I will say back in the days of my parents had like a hot tub for a couple of years. I I did everything in there. And I do mean everything. But it was mm-hmm. just it's so nice mm. and warming, cathartic. And your whole body relaxes. Mm. And you just feel at peace. There's probably like some like looking around at like your backyard. You're like, oh, oh yeah. that's nearby. But it really does give you a chance to have your mind be clear and think about whatever. Mm-hmm. Or we used to have like the hot tub conversations. Whereas like me, my buddy Chad and my buddy Matt at the time, like we'd all just hang out and just like talk for like three hours. And it was yeah. just a very chill, relaxed environment. Not chill. haha. It was <laughs> very hot. Very hot. <laughs> Super steamy. Not gay. Not gay. Super steamy. It, it was more than marginally gay at times. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, sometimes you just got to be in a hot tub, think the deep thoughts, investigate science, temple realities, make a time machine. That's where the joke is. That's, oh, that's it's the, joke. the time machine joke. Okay. Yeah. Speaking about time machines. Um, seeing dave recoil in pain is basically that's how i know i've made it it's it's me stifling a laugh when i see you just abandon things that i haven't given you anything off of it (laughs) he's like all right on to the next one (laughs) just like shuffle cue cards you're like (laughs) oh sorry these are out of order um but yeah time machine this actually doesn't have anything to do with the time machine video game breakdown um Wow, I reversed out. Is that the new edit we're doing? Yeah, I think so. As of (laughs) four seconds ago. (laughs) Video game breakdown, down, down, down. See, you say that, but like here here I go saving the timestamp and adding reverb and reversing. (laughs) I'm not going to do that. Um, We're going to talk about bosses. This is actually also um, the first video game breakdown episode we've done this year. This entire year. The fuck have we been doing for the other topics? <laughs> we we haven't talked about like specific aspects of games or we've talked about like different games, but like nothing that got categorized in an episode as video game breakdown. 
Damn. Who's, Weird, right? Whose fault is that? <laughs> Probably mine. I'm sure that one of those episodes could have been in the series, but it wasn't. Um, but going back in time, the first video game boss to kick us off, um, contributed by friend of the show Wikipedia, um, was for a game called D&D, which you might have heard of, but it was actually D&D, like the letters. Um, it was a text-based game on the Play-Doh system, which was like an instruction library for computers in 1975. And it was supposed to be a dragon or something. It doesn't matter. It was text-based. But that's what friend of the show Wikipedia says was the first boss. That's your segue. <laughs> Work off that. <laughs> All right. So we're, we're talking about bosses tonight. If that wasn't super clear from Jake's transition. Um, and I think what we want to cover is kind of like what defines a boss, what makes a good boss versus something you just see with like a name and a health bar. Mm-hmm. Marauder shields. Yeah. I feel like some of those things can uh, easily overlap. It's like, it's a boss. And you're like, hmm, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, also, I guess, like, check the episode description because, like, there's going to be so many games spoiled that I'm going to be keeping track <laughs> on the side. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's on you. And if you can't read, I'm sorry. But you can listen to us. That's what's important. And if you're deaf, well, <laughs> what? what are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> I have questions, but I'm not sure how to relay them to you in my current format. <laughs> As I am just the bits and bytes and the boops and the blips through the internet. Oh, I we can talk about boops if you want. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't mind a good boop. <laughs> so this first boss in D and D, what sets it apart from other enemies in the D and D campaign? So my understanding is it was a dragon. So you know it has some of the um, stereotypical boss things, and this is. Uh, based off Dungeons and Dragons, if that wasn't super obvious. Um, It's a dragon, so big, ominous, uh, potentially terrifying. I don't have the specifics of the mechanics of the fight, because again, this was 1975, and I feel like fight should probably be in quotes and maybe italics, because again, text-based game. But my suspicion, and in some way I know that the, uh, the ultimate fight of some of these early adventures could go, is that you would gather your gear, get the prerequisite. Here's your key item. Uh, use sword on dragon or something like that. Like, um, I doubt it was much more complicated than that. So the sword is a key. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's a key that unlocks people's deaths. <laughs> yes. oh. And the dragon is the door. <laughs> um, so yeah. you used at least a descriptor or two in there. It's kind of like a big, ominous, threatening mm-hmm. I guess more so than a standard enemy to kind of set apart. Yeah. I would elaborate on that a little bit to say, um, so I was like taking some notes earlier and like for me, one of my cool thoughts I had was I think bosses are more of a test than a quiz. Okay. Everything that you have up until the point of the boss is usually like, Hey, here's the gameplay mechanics that you're learning for whatever the medium is. I go mm-hmm. to Mega Man as my go-to example for like very linear and straightforward. Mm-hmm. Um, you know how to jump and shoot? Congratulations. You've now made it to the boss door and now here's the test of how well you can jump and shoot. You're right. in an like, enclosed space. Um, how well can you do it? That's pretty much it. 
Yeah, Mega Man was actually on my list for like another uh, aspect of boss fights that I want to get to in a bit. But um, even beyond that, it's really archetypical of classic video game boss design, right? Like, here is your level. Here is the boss at the end of the level, right? Mm-hmm. Like, this is this is your foe, um, and then kind of plays into like some games just have one boss, like one big enemy. But most games now, I think, have some staggered pacing around uh, multiple bosses. And it's been like that for a long time. I think Oftentimes you have since, a big bad, though. Well, I think the last one to just have like one big boss was probably Metal Gear Solid 3. Mm-hmm. See, I had that joke also like ready right there for the end. We're just we're mashing through these notes. Sorry, sorry. Um, so that was <laughs> I don't, that I don't followed, have Jake's notes. <laughs> that was actually from the category. Um, this is what I had prefixed it with. They were named the thing. Oh, <laughs> Metal, Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> um, but I mean, Metal Gear Solid also had a lot of very iconic and interesting boss fights. So um, that's another thing I want to immediately interrupt you with, but to touch yeah. on, um, I do think another qualification of a boss battle is it needs to be uniquely distinct. Mm-hmm. You can't just have a big version of like the other guy you saw before 50 times. Eh. Like it works for some games, but I wouldn't really consider them a boss. Versus, right. if we go to the example of Metal Gear Solid Three, you see all of these characters ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Like when you see the Pain, who's like the guy who's like shrouded in bees, you see him in an earlier cutscene, mm-hmm. and then like you know he's coming up because there's some bees around. There's some lead up to him, and then his whole fight is uniquely distinct from every other boss fight. You still have mm-hmm. to use like the same types of tools of being sneaky beaky shooting them and whatnot but there's nobody like the pain right yeah and i think um his specter was actually the inspiration for mgs5 which is great that's i'm not connecting the dots here it's specifically for dave but uh mgs5 um phantom pain yeah okay okay that one's really bad (laughs) (laughs) said the owl yeah um i actually haven't played mgs uh most of the mgs games but even so uh there's a lot of iconic and interesting uh boss fights within there and i think they they do meet that criteria you're you're describing they're interesting they're more than your standard mooks or grunts or whatever the enemies you are uh facing and while i've definitely fought bosses that are just like repallets you know, recolors of standard enemies and they blow up the size. You're right that it never really feels, you know, it never really feels significant um, unless you're varying up mechanics or stressing the player in some ways that they haven't really been stressed. That's like one of the iconic parts of of boss fights. And um, Metal Gear tends to do that in ways like historically that really stretch the bounds of what you would expect in a boss fight, I guess, to say the least. Like this boy's sitting on Psycho Mantis. I'm wait. literally thinking of Psycho Mantis. <laughs> yeah, you want to describe Psycho Mantis? Psycho Mantis is one of the earlier documented bosses that subverted expectation and kind of went literally outside the game bounds, kind of breaking the fourth wall, because Psycho Mantis would read your memory card 
and would actually say like, oh, you like to play Castlevania. Mm -hmm. Going off the YouTube video now for this. Yes, that's the only quote I have anymore. Because he was psychic and could see what games you played, read your thoughts, and know your movements, you actually had to switch your controller into a different port, I believe, to Mm -hmm. kind of confuse him. And that was, granted, a gimmick, but it was a really cool, unique approach that you would not expect in this game, at least at this point. Absolutely. And stuff like that is huge. Because if you're doing it for like run-of-the-mill enemies, and it's now they now subvert it, this new enemy or the same enemy has different mechanics. You're like, okay, how many times is this going to change? Mm-hmm. Is it going to be tied to a color for me to associate with it? Um, it doesn't fit as much there versus, hey, here's a boss. You're like, okay, I know they're big and bad and they got some cool stuff going on. I just don't know how deep it goes. Right. So like for FromSoft, it's like, oh, it's like a big, this type of enemy. Oh, they have the telegraph attacks. Cool. And then they have something spicy you're not expecting. Or maybe yeah. it's another phase or something else. Yeah, I think like there's an entire there's an entire genre. Not a genre. It's not a genre. Subgenre. Cliche. No, trope. A trope of games that have bosses that kind of subvert the gameplay at the end. Um, I would be remiss if we did not uh, mention our old standby uh, Undertale. Um, like that game's ending i'm not i don't even need to go heavy into spoilers is a trip it's absolutely a trip and it's super weird <laughs> yeah it it doesn't break its own rules it actually stays true to the universe which is something i don't think like uh kojima always does like he he doesn't care if he breaks the fourth wall literally reading the memory card things like that but like if in your universe, for some reason, your character does know about the outside world and universe uh, beyond, um, or you conceptualize those concepts within your game, as Undertale actually does, it's like save points. They're in the lore for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, like, freaking awesome. Like, you've earned it. Uh, show it off, you know, for those final fights. Even before the final fights, all of the bosses in Undertale are uniquely distinct. Mm-hmm. Granted, there's always the buildup of like you getting to know their character and the theming ahead of time, which really helps. Like Undyne is probably a perfect example mm-hmm. of there's so many times leading up to you, you're like, oh, she's like this ominous, terrifying thing. Um, but then when you see her, you're like, oh, I understand why she has her motivations. But then like the way she attacks you in the boss phase is like, oh, that fits her character. Right. Like it makes sense. Um, Or even the stuff with Papyrus where he has like these silly bone attacks. And then at some point you're like, I can't clear that jump. And then you're able to fly. It's Mm -hmm. it's stuff like that. It's just absurdity. Yeah, it's a degree of absurdity and fun, but it all still fits within the same bounds of like how the fights are done yeah but each enemy is distinct each boss is distinct yeah the um uh you actually used a key word there that i think i was missing from my notes you used the word theme and like boss theming in general really awesome boss themes as in music freaking iconic like um like O2's theme from Kirby Crystal Shards or the metal theme, which I can't remember, also from Kirby Crystal Shards. 
like boss music tends to stick around and there's a lot of absolute bangers out there um depending on the game i also have that on my notes for music do you have an example in mind i gave my two examples (laughs) those are the only (laughs) those are the only songs i know no I, i would say um uh one winged angel also uh super super iconic um Love, love me some Sephiroth. Yeah, that's some outside of what, what you're implying at the moment. Um, I, <laughs> I do like the, the theme of that because granted, he's a character throughout the entire game mm-hmm. um, and you're literally following him the entire game and then his music is off the fucking wall in comparison to everything else. It's like, it's a video game. This is like, I just put together 13 random stanzas and it works. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, it's good to have something that's musically distinct as well to be like, oh, I will always associate this. Yep. Like, I can still think of Delta Rune tunes. I'm like, oh, this is Queen's music. Cool. Mm-hmm. This is this other fight. Nice. Um, where Unfortunately, Mega Man, I cannot put in this category because all of the boss music outside of when you're doing a specific Sigma fight, um, who's the final boss, all of the boss music is the same. Right. Their levels are different. But once you get into like the boss door and it closes, you see like the health pips go up and then it's like boss music. Right. Admittedly, there's like 70 bosses per Mega Man game. So if they wanted to go unique on music, it would have been quite the effort. But sometimes you got to put it in. Yeah. I I wish they put in any degree of effort with that fucking series. (laughs) Mega Man. Mega Man. I will try Mega Man 8 at some point. I will try it at some point. No, that's fair. Um, I think um, moving along, segue, I have to say it so it doesn't count as an actual reasonable transition. Um, going back to some of the, the mechanics that like make up boss uh, fights, one of the series I think that is exemplary, like absolutely excellent at it, is Legend of Zelda. Uh, hot take. I It's an indie darling. <laughs> Not a lot of people know about it. Hmm. Um <laughs> but uh, uh specifically I could, I could think of like ocarina of time um oftentimes they would be like legend of zelda puzzle making is uh, there's video document uh documentaries documentaries about it on youtube um i recommend them i think like boss keys dave is making money signs so i think he's also made some um <laughs> he's shaking his head he hasn't made any i'm asking what what you have in your right hand Oh, uh, my phone. Oh, is it making noise? No, I'm just wondering why you're holding on to it throughout the record. Oh, sorry. I'm nervous. Well, I I have like um, a fiddle kind of with my hand sometimes if there's something nearby. I'll put it in my pocket so I can't do that. But um, oh, his hand's still in his pocket. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Boskies has a video on it. But Zelda uses like a specific type of puzzle solving where it's like, all right, introduce problem dang, how are we going to overcome this? Introduce solution. Go back, solve problem. And they just do this through the entire game. Continue to improve your toolkit. Um, and by the end of it, you're like, I'm a smart cookie because you're putting a bunch of things together to get through it. Not in like a Talos principle way because that's crazy, but um, in a much more manageable, humane way. I mean, do you like that for boss fights? I'm going to lump Nintendo, sorry, Zelda into Nintendo as a whole. Yeah. If you look at like some I'm going to say 3D Mario games. Uh, a lot of Nintendo's formula for boss fights is like, hey, here's this thing. You got to do some platforming or some 
the button mashing for like your hitting of stuff. But basically, it's like once you figure it out, you do it three times and then you're done. Rule of threes. Yeah. Do you do you like that for? Let me say one. Do you like it in general? And two, or do you like it just for those types of games? I think it's not my favorite type of boss fight. I, I do like skill tests a little bit more than like puzzle solving. Um, but it still like feels good to accomplish them. And and some, sometimes they, the games still handle things in a pretty interesting way. Like, like talking about Ocarina of time, there's um, the desert temple. Uh, man, it's been so long since I played this game, but um, you fight two witches, I think is the boss fight. And you have to use the mirror shield for it. And you like charge up the elements one like fires at you so you can like unleash the element on the opposite. Um, and it was like a cool little mechanic. Like otherwise they weren't really vulnerable. You had to use fire and ice. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of got you to use like a cool tool tool. And it also like builds your engagement with your, um, with your gear, I think, which is really cool. Um, uh, bombs in Dodongo's cavern. You're like, all right, here we go. We got bombs. Use them to kill the boss. That's 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 your that's your win condition. Your win con. Um, and then Gan- Ganon himself. Um, so uh, Ganondorf, I guess, pre beast mode. Um, so you have to use the the hook shot and the arrows, light arrows. Yeah, light arrows. Um, once he's vulnerable, but what he does is he plays tennis with you first. He like shoots an, an energy blast at you. And this is where the puzzle solving kind of comes in. Because otherwise it's a skill test. You're playing tennis. Time your reaction. Um, but the racket that you pick makes a big difference in this fight. Because if you're swinging your sword, great. You can time that. It's kind of hard to do. There's not that many frames to a sword swing. Um, but it does reflect. And, you know, it'll continue to speed up and eventually he'll he'll miss, be vulnerable, and you hit him with a light arrow. But the advanced strat is use a bottle. <laughs> and you swing the bottle like you're going to catch something. And there's more active frames when you swing the bottle. So it's easier to reflect it. And so there was multiple solutions to this mechanic in the boss fight. And I really like that. That's something that I don't think that game did a lot. Um, but it's unique and I, I appreciate it. Okay, so you're, so you're good with the 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 simple puzzle repeat type thing, as mm-hmm. long as it's not the exact same thing every single time. Yeah, and I mean to be fair, there there is some skill involved with that last one too. Other yeah, boss fights sure. are like, did you did you figure it out? Okay, you're good, right? Like that's it. As soon as you know what the weak point is or what the combination is then you're good. But if you like mix that up a little bit, you're like dodge some attacks, do some skill checks and then try it. Um, I think it's better. Yeah. Anything that can actually, uh, anything that can actually test can start your abilities. Let's start <laughs> <laughs> that joke will come up three more times. Um, Cause that's really what it, a boss battle should be doing is testing your abilities. It's not, Hey, can you figure out the puzzle? I was specifically a puzzle game, I guess. But then mm-hmm. is it really a boss? Eh. Um, I don't think you necessarily need to have combat, but it's, I think, a more tried and true method mm-hmm. versus 
something that's just purely gimmick. Right. Like I like a good gimmick thing here and there. It's cheeky and fun, but those are never going to be the ones that really stand out to me. Mm-hmm. Unless I'm like, oh, that was a pain in the ass. Like I've only played Bloodborne once, but I still remember having to chase that one guy into a room to then fight him. I'm like, eh, I don't really like that approach as much. Or doing something like Bed of Chaos, getting the Dark right. Souls references in, um, where it was like a simple enough thing. It just, they just made it to be a pain in the ass, and nobody enjoyed oh, yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, there's some bad boss fights out there. Bed of Chaos is, it's up there. It is way up there for the game is not made better in any way for this. And it could have just been a background set piece. And uh, Vadi would have made a video about it and it would have been fine. But yeah, I think that I think that there needs to be some measure of urgency. Uh, whatever type of boss fight you have. So if it's like a puzzle boss where people are trying to figure it out, like put them on a timer and that timer is usually like are you dodging attacks are you like up against a wall um where you can't continue to fight it forever until you figure out like um things like that can help especially in like more difficult games do you know what i'm now getting a memory for that hmm. somehow i missed when I was scrolling through steam games hmm. some great examples of boss fights that are uniquely distinct have bang and soundtracks, a sense of urgency, et cetera, et cetera, hitting all the hitting all the dots. Mm-hmm. It takes two. That every level it... was so distinct and themed. And then the boss fit that area. And then you had different mechanics per area. Yeah. No, that's it a good was one, just, actually. Mm, delightful. Yeah, it's very much it lives in that space of the classic adventure game. And bosses and adventure games really go hand in hand. Um, there's actually you you nailed all the criteria of another category I was going to talk about, which is kind of funny because I thought you were going to end up at the same conclusion. Uh, but this category is the boss fight is the game, um, and I have two entries for this one. Uh, I know Fury, why. yep. Fury is the one. Can you guess the other? Uh, um, as a spoiler, we've played it together. But you played it a lot more than I have. <laughs> Honey Pop? <laughs> well, I mean, played it together. <laughs> Boss fight is the game. Mm-hmm. Much like Honey Pop, the word head is involved. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Cuphead uh, is the, is the uh, other game. Okay. Which is basically a Bosch rush like Fury. Yes. Um, I still and- think it fits um, oh yeah because it's just a different style of we don't have i don't want to say the chaff in between mm-hmm. but like that's not what the game is i mean granted they do have levels mm-hmm. where you are going through but nobody's like oh, did you check out this one level the highlight is all of the boss fights that are like hand animated and drawn and have their own themes and different stages and it's very again uniquely distinct because mm-hmm. they'll have oh it's a uh, a genie boss cool what is this going to be and then he's opening pandora's box you're going through a pyramid all these other things are happening that kind of you have to suspend your disbelief and just be along for the ride mm-hmm. now granted it's a much more fantastical game so it can get away with that but i like when my boss fights i like when i walk into a boss fight i'm like oh shit here we go it's a boss right and then yeah. two and it goes like oh we're not done and then 
yeah, bosses should be at the the top of that like that sign graph. It's like all right for engagement or tension. Like boss fights need to be up there, and boss rush games tend to keep you there, right? Like if you're playing if you're playing through Fury, you're gonna be sweaty by the end of it. If you <laughs> you played the game in one sitting, that's just it's just what it, it doesn't matter if it's winter. You know, it's that's just the reality. Um, there's apparently a DLC for that, by the way. Just just I, came I out. I saw. Yeah. I'm uh, considering maybe I'm on the considering uh, also, but they're uh, quite fun games. They're interesting and it kind of, they kind of harken back to arcade. I think if your game is pretty much entirely boss fights, the one thing that you can't do really, if your game is entirely about boss fights is have bad boss fights. Cause then like, <laughs> that's it that you put, you put every egg in this basket and then you turned it over and dumped it on your own head. Like, <laughs> So, um, thankfully I don't think I have any examples of bad boss rush games, but I'm sure no, they exist. I, I think they usually keep that pretty clean and tight. Cause if again, going to something like Elden ring, mm-hmm. there's a number of bosses in it. Some of them are kind of more so throwaway, oh, it's something in a dungeon that I fought before type thing. That'd be mm-hmm. an example of not a great one. But when you have such like a a myriad of mm-hmm. bosses to choose from, it seems like a drop in the bucket. You're not stuck on that one was kind of eh. Right. But if it's all boss rushes, like Fury, you have like seven or eight bosses. You're going to remember that if one's yeah. really shit. So Alongside excellent music. Nice. Oh, and theming yeah. and just everything that makes a good boss fight tension and questions and answers and Q and A's. It's really freaking good. Yeah. If you stick around post credits, the main character will actually. <laughs> um, another thing I wanted to touch on, I actually don't have a pretext for this one is um, large bosses or, or super massive bosses um, and scale in general. I had two colossus or two colossus. Oh, spoilers. Uh two examples for this. Um and I wonder if you have any experience with them. Shadow of the Colossus and God of War. I was gonna hum the theme. Okay, no. That was a decent deep cut, I'll give credit for that. Meanwhile, I'm gonna be screaming at Magfest. So Shadow of the Colossus, I played, let's say, probably half of. Mm-hmm. You could almost argue that it's still a boss rush game, but it does have that exploration and stuff in between. The word so rush feels not, wrong. <laughs> yeah, it's that's the hard part to argue. But it very much is like a series of bosses. I don't think there are standard enemies in that game, right? Mm-hmm. Unless, unless you count right. the salamanders. <laughs> um, Nobody counts salamanders. <laughs> They're too fast. They, they just bun- bundle up together. And you're like, was it five? Was it, was it four? That was actually just a salamander orgy or witness. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> now it's six. What happened? <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's very much a I'm the young adventurer, the small boy going up against literally a fucking mountain. Yeah. Uh, so it feels very cool to overcome something of that scale mm. and literally stab it in its weak bits. Um, and they're bad, right? Anyway, it's uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. It's cool because there wasn't anything like it at the time. You were literally climbing the enemy boss and mm-hmm. then killing it. Um, and granted, you were just like a boy with a sword. Outside of riding up there and using the sword to like 
tilt the light in the right direction. Mm-hmm. That's all you've done. So it was just a really unique game in that regard, but very fun. And I don't yeah. think they've tried to even replicate it at all. At least that's not style. really not not that I can think of. The closest thing I can think of is like there's a VR game I can't remember the name of. Sorry, friend of the show, VR game. Um, where you like swing around with a, basically like a grapple hook and you can like surf and I think you have a gun or something and you fight a bunch of like 3D bosses basically traversing them as terrain which is really funny that's cool um, yeah it, it sounded and looked really good but I was like I'm going to throw up instantly if I was trying to play <laughs> this um, but yeah I think scale can be like a massive no pun intended part of it like the idea is if you want to differentiate a boss that's the classic way to do it here's the big guy here's here's the big deal and god of war did it too i think um in the older series at one point you fight the um now i'm still on x-men but the colossus uh there's like a giant statue um and colossus the fight of Rhodes. To, yeah colossus of Rhodes. thank you um and it's huge mungus and you have to like fight its hands as it's trying to crush you to like injure it and then like run up it and eventually like work your way into its like um like automaton body, whatever to like fight the heart. Um and you're basically fighting terrain, you know, because the scale is so crazy. Uh and I mean the new God of War also has a lot of standout examples for really cool boss fights because it's God of War. But uh I mean, no one's going to look at that screen for a second and be like, you're not fighting a boss right now. Come get dinner. You know, whatever. <laughs> Just pause it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't. It's the Colossus of Rhodes, mom. <laughs> I'd always yeah. use the, I'm playing online. I can't just pause it. <laughs> Just like a handheld thing. Like clearly single player game. You're playing checkers versus yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to time out if I don't touch the turn clock at the next 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I played, or I guess we played the new God of War. Yeah. Uh, We did an episode on it. I don't remember as much of the individual bosses. I don't either, to be honest. I remember fighting a fairy in darkness. Uh, Does that sound Mm. familiar? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, vaguely, vaguely so, I think. Like dashes at you or something. It was in like Nilfheim or something, yeah. Yeah, Milfheim. Yeah, <laughs> Milfheim. <laughs> <laughs> Take me to that special plane. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, I remember they were all still fun and large for the most part. Some of the enemies mm-hmm. you were facing were definitely humanoid and other gods like you, and kind of similar to what FromSoft does. There's like the the big, larger than life beasts or giants with better tells mm-hmm. and then when you get to the person who's like oh it's you sized where you go oh shit yeah um, this is where it's real we've given them like quick mechanics and other things to do so uh-huh. like when you're doing fighting sister frida in dark souls 3 dlc um she can fuck you up a little bit and then her dad joins the fight and you're like okay this is like the large part and i have to manage too and you're like that's it right and they're like yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> Dark Souls only has two phases. This is something that's been true forever. <laughs> <laughs> only two. 
<laughs> so do you get more threatened by a large boss or a you-sized boss? I think, honestly, I, honestly, I am more scared most of the time of a you-sized boss. Large bosses, traditionally, like, they're very prevalent in games but they have to like they have to have tells because their attacks are going to take up like half the screen Mm -hmm. like something that's fast and unreadable um is insane and like unfair in a large boss um so most oftentimes they're just kind of easier bosses but like smaller bosses bosses where the camera might have a little harder time tracking them or um their parries and their feints and things like that are a little bit harder to read. Like, yeah, I mean, literally Dark Souls. I'm just thinking about Dark Souls now and, and Elden Ring. But those bosses are the difficult ones. I mean, you heard it Blade here first. Jake loves Fire Giant, Fire Giant because of how easy it was. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I didn't struggle with that one as much as some of the other bosses and, and mine, but... I can't remember if I also just like brought in the gang of murderers to take it down. So it's been a little while. But yeah, it's it's obviously like a huge set piece boss, which is mm-hmm. cool and awesome as far as theming. But it's not the as close as like the abyss walkers. Ooh, yeah. Where it's like, oh, I'm I'm fighting them, mm-hmm. um, but they're very much up on you. They have similar move sets to what an invader would yeah i love i love the abyss walkers i'm glad you brought those up because they weren't on my list but they're they're like probably they're a lot of people's favorite boss from dark souls 3 it's soul of cinder the theme uh... it's a good boss mechanically you could argue it is or isn't but like for the impact on the game soul of cinder and fighting yeah. the amalgamation okay, of okay. every character yeah, that link part is appreciated at least. But um, and the fact that they're like, "Did you miss that Gwen music? Here you go." Uh-huh. Like, here's your, here's you the remix. <laughs> <laughs> he started beatboxing on me. <laughs> but with the Abyss Walkers, I love the theme of based on their location, like they're right above the crypt. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, darkness or whatever force you want to call it uh, seeped into them specifically and they were sworn to cut out darkness and destroy it in any form because they're the fucking abyss walkers that's their job Mm -hmm. but then when they started being infected by it um they started to like have to kill each other but they didn't they don't permanently die so they're in this like eternal battle killing each other (laughs) it's a very hardcore opening cutscene and super confusing if you don't know what's going on in the game like does really seem like all the people involved in the boss fight are killing each other also the boss arena is a pile of their corpses like <laughs> um yeah it's it's cool and mechanically one of the, some of the stuff it introduces that i really appreciate is like the abyss watchers are one they're a multi-boss right so there's a bunch of participants in the fight um and that's hit or miss for a lot of games but i think that fight in particular nailed it well uh, for a couple of reasons. Uh, but also the enemies, like, individually, they don't have that much health. They're a shared health bar. Um, and they don't really defend all that much. Their offensive attacks are, are more dangerous. Um, and you can kind of just, like, carve through them if you're good at the combat in the game. Um, 
I don't think many people consider them the hardest boss or anywhere near it. Um, but they can be dangerous. Uh, but it's a hundred percent. Like if you've got the skill down, boss fights done pretty much like that. Um, I would say, yeah, a lot of it comes down to timing and knowing when your, your specific weapon has a punish window. Mm-hmm. Cause phase two is very much. Did you fuck up? You're going to take a lot of fucking damage. Yeah. And the other, the other mechanic I think we got to mention is the, the mitigation effort. And some, some boss fights are like this where it's like, Hey, do you want to do this hard mode or you want to like do this easy mode? And abyss watchers has a couple of them start to spawn and you're like, all right, I can't really attack two at the same time. And the third one spawns and you're like, yeah, this, this is going to get me to uninstall, which doesn't even make any sense. But, um, it has red eyes and it starts attacking and distracting one of the other ones, turning it back into a one-on-one. So you have this peak of tension where you're like, I'm getting overwhelmed. I don't have any windows to attack. And then the windows come back if you hold out and uh red eye guy peels for you basically. <laughs> um, and like, what, what an interesting mechanic. Yeah. I don't think there's anything else in at least the soul's, franchise that does anything like that because mm-hmm. there's definitely like some multi entity fights yeah i don't I usually really like them think of one at the moment <laughs> <laughs> there's a couple in elden ring like multiple gargoyles which i hated or uh the crucible knight and the beast guy which i hated <laughs> like... <laughs> it's it's definitely not as fun when you have to manage two two movesets Mm-hmm. Alexa, stop. <laughs> Dear God, you're trying to inter- interrupt the podcast. Um, <laughs> Alexa, we can go back. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Roll it back. But like Ornstein and Smo is always like the a big oh, yeah. prominent two entity fight in Dark Souls. Um it will always kick my ass to a degree because I've never been great at these games. But I'm always gonna love it. Music's on point. You literally have to like go into a church and ascend stairs to be like all right, motherfuckers, I'm coming for you. Uh-huh. Um, and then there are two guys who are just like full gilded, like, what's up? <laughs> and you're like, shit. Mm-hmm. No. And then amazing chest ahead after that. So that's the important thing. Boss fight should have rewards. <laughs> <laughs> Boss fight should have rewards. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> they should always be tits. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> hey, um, one thing I have here of a note is the boss fights are also like the time to actually use consumables. Oh, okay. Yeah. And like the key, I have in all caps, like this is the time to use your fucking elixirs. Um, Cause like, when do I use this thing that's going to buff me temporarily? It's mm-hmm. in situations like this where it's, you're given a larger challenge and maybe you're kind of hitting up against like a wall as far as difficulty is concerned some of those mitigating factors can be, oh, I'm going to get some health regen, some stamina regen, oh, physical damage resist, fire resist. Right. And stacking some of those buffs to make this next attempt be less harsh. Mm-hmm. And boss fights are like where I think the players and the developers, usually for people who have played games more, they're on the same page. They're like, I expect this to be a more difficult experience. I expect I'm going to have to expend resources. Um and a game can feel unfair if you're kind of surprised by that. But if it's a boss fight, players do expect it. So the developers can, you know, ramp up the difficulty. They can require more of you. Um, 
like on the consumable front. I know it's basically a meme. No one ever uses the potions until the end. Prozy D's literally made a skit about it, but like, um, this is the time, you know, to take your advantages, um, or else, you know, you get stomped if it's, if it's, uh, balanced well, um, even on MMO, even in MMOs and things like that, trash monsters, nobody cares, do whatever you want, pull them together, kill them all. It's about efficiency. You get to the boss. Are you not using buffs? Do you not have like a, do you not have like a potion for strength or anything like that? Nothing. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's where you. I don't know why my fishing is up twenty levels for twenty minutes, but here we are. <laughs> you you drink everything you fucking can when you get to the the final boss of a raid. Yeah, and this actually like this touches on um, another category I wanted to hit on, but like um, super bosses or optional bosses. Some games have these. I don't think they're super in favor. They're they're still pretty rare. I guess in games, there's not too many strictly optional ones. Dark Souls is a terrible exception because, like, it has optional bosses through the entire series. But um, I'm thinking You're particularly for, like, some older games where it's you have to go out of the way to do it, but it is yes. an extra extra difficult boss. Exactly, like Metal Sonic. Yeah, depending on the game, because he's a he's mandatory for some of them. But well, I was thinking of Sonic Heroes where you had to specifically go back and do those bonus levels where you're mm-hmm. on a sphere touching blue balls not any other color of balls red red is a bad color for balls yeah blue you balls want blue balls is what we're saying yeah i was also thinking of uh, my go-to example and to this day i'm not sure if it's spoilers for the new game that hasn't come out yet or not but final fantasy 7 has some of the most iconic um, super bosses for me. It's like, hey, we have weapons that you have to fight. And there's ruby weapon, which I'm pretty sure is mandatory. And there's platinum weapon, which I'm pretty sure is mandatory. But if you were paying attention in one of the cutscenes, there's like another impact. And the game's like, that was it. There's an impact. <laughs> whistle, whistle, whistle. Nothing, nothing hidden here. Um, but if you go like get the submarine and dive down under the water, you can find Emerald Weapon swimming around in a circle and it's going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> and um like it was it was such an interesting man, I don't think I ever beat that boss that I'm thinking about it. I know now, years later, how you're supposed to. But it was a, a subversion boss. Where it's like, hey, this game has a great skill leveling system. It's called Materia. You're gonna love it. They they grow, and once they max out, you can like get them to duplicate. Now you have two of that same type. That's awesome. If your Materia is quadruple the spell that you cast, whatever it's linked to, that seems great. If you use these on this boss, you're gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't they deal damage based on the amount of Materia you had? Yes, it, the boss had a. Um, spell called an ability called Iretam Storm um, which people eventually figured out was Materia Storm. How'd they figure that one out? (laughs) It took longer than it should have and I think it dealt a thousand points of damage for every Materia that your party had equipped Um, and you could equip a bunch of Materia on each person and the maximum health was (laughs) 9,999 for party members so 
10 was an instant wipe. Fewer was tons of damage. And I think it also weaved in auto attacks. So if you're trying to play cheeky with it and you're like, I've got nine materia, it's like, yeah, well, I'm going to kill you anyways. <laughs> um, used it multiple times. And then there was a timer, a real time timer at the top of the screen that was like your oxygen because you all get out of the sub to fight it. <laughs> and I think it was like 10 minutes. But some of like the strongest spells in the game were like something like quad cast Knights of the, Knights round. Of the round. Exactly. Um, Which that's two hours of your fucking life. Yeah, it was an unskippable cutscene in that game. They did not let you skip Japan, the Japan, I've been saying this for years. Knock it off with that shit. <laughs> for the most part, I think they got better. But um, it was like devastatingly powerful and like the most action economy efficient thing you could do, basically. Uh, and also a bad idea, basically, to use it against this boss because there's a real life timer running in the background for 10 minutes <laughs> as you're watching King Arthur do his stuff again. That seems a little bit insane for those types of constraints, but I, I do love a good secret boss. Yeah. If we're staying in the Final Fantasy realm, Anima, ooh. ooh. Anima was always like really cool themed as because you see him as Seymour's summon. And I think the second fight with him or maybe the first which one's this from final fantasy 10 gotcha to to any shanes out there Um, (laughs) but you can actually get anima as a summon but you have to go out of the way and fight and kill anima in like some secret location gotcha but it was really fucking cool so i appreciated it granted it was optional there's not like this whole build up and everything but Mm -hmm. it's still like a big a big badass character you gotta beat i really i really like the idea of super bosses i don't always engage with them but the it allows the developers to be like hey you know rest of this rest of this you're supposed to be able to beat this now for the gamers out there right (laughs) and then turn to you with sunglasses on doritos bags in both hands (laughs) And then like uh, Mount uh, Mountain Dew, Mountain Dew. Uh, let's go with Monster, Monster. Um, you're like, okay, all right, I'll give it a shot. And just kicks your butt repeatedly. Like I love those Sephiroth and Kingdom Hearts. Um, he's not really a secret boss. He's just kind of like, if you talk to me again, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> you're like, Ooh, interact button. <laughs> But he's, he's a tough fight. He's not meant to be easy. And people who just want to get through the story absolutely can because the rest of the game's not that hard. But he is. <laughs> and he goes. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. Would you consider Melania to be a super boss? Yeah. I, I think overly difficult in some, some facets. I think so. I think that, like, <laughs> this is going to sound extremely elitist, but, like, if she were to be disqualified, it would be because there are so many ways to mitigate her fight, mm-hmm. right? Like, I don't think you can cheat outside of literally cheating, like Game Shark or something, versus like Sephiroth or Emerald Weapon or something like that. But like Melania, yeah, you could just you could just bring the boys, right? You're like, all right, get them, and it doesn't diminish the accomplishment if you do. You know, solo fight that boss. That's a massive accomplishment. Props to the people that do it. Um, but it is literal gatekeeping, <laughs> right? Like they are the gatekeeper, and 
you have the option of making it easier in that game. Hmm. I'm trying to think of another game that would have something, but it's I feel an older tactic for the most part for game design. It's, it's usually like, why would you add this extra difficult thing that people have to go out of the way to go do just because, yeah. oh, the challenge people want to do it. And now I'm like, oh, Hollow Knight, White Palace. It's not a boss per se, but it is overly difficult challenge for yeah. the sake of just pretty much I did it. I love yeah, good one of those, though, because if I ever get to that point of insanity where I want to do it and then I do it, I will feel very accomplished. Yeah, absolutely. I'm actually going to turn over one of my trap cards right now. Oh, Because you mentioned Hollow Knight. Oh, shit. <laughs> which was in the category true bosses for me. So games that have like a true boss that you have to meet some criteria in order to meet it. I think this is more popular than secret bosses for the same reason you described. People just might not find or engage with secret bosses. But the idea is if you didn't collect all the things or you didn't make some sacrifice along the way, um you're you're gonna fight a you're gonna fight a final boss but it's not the final boss um Uh, and sonic does that hollow knight does that bloodborne does that what metal sonic is but the thing is like with hollow knight i love the game so much so that having those extra pieces to unlock that door to have it as an option is Mm -hmm. less of a an egregious pain in the ass versus something like Sonic or even Blasphemous had like a, oh, I don't remember if you needed specific items for it, but it's like, hey, this is the real final boss. Mm-hmm. At that point, it's just kind of not feeling it. So yeah. it's if it's a game you like, it's easier to try and like get all those achievements and go out of your way to complete it, so to speak, mm-hmm. versus if you're like, oh, it's just eating additional of my time. Fuck that. Yeah, I think I think there can be a different way in how it's implemented too. The games, <laughs> I make all these jokes about Doritos and the hands and all of that. For the most part, I kind of like when games allow people to be more casual, and Hollow Knight lets you do that. If you get to the end and you fight, I'm not going to spoil anything actually. And you fight the boss, um, great. You know, you get your cutscene, and you're like, hmm, interesting. Um, but perhaps there's more and you have a lot of indicators that there are more your save game can just be continued like you didn't just beat the game you have a percentage indicator that tells you how much of the game you've beaten and it's not a hundred <laughs> if you if you haven't you know gotten the final ending so like there's plenty of indicators that you could should can and should jump back into it and they want you to um games like sonic or uh, bloodborne i think to some degree. I'm not sure exactly if Bloodborne lets you resume right before the... the, No, it doesn't. I don't think so. Well, I can't remember the end state for Bloodborne. But I know for Sonic, if you want to like start over and you're like, no, this time all the Chaos Emeralds, you got to do all those bonus levels, which means starting over a run, right? Um, So you can't pick up where you left off. And I think that I appreciate that when you can. Yeah, it's like we talked about this with Elden Ring, but trying to get like the different endings, people would just modify their save state instead of, you know, playing through the entire fucking game again just for that one other thing of, oh, I chose color red versus color yellow type uh-huh. shit. But people wanted to complete it still, but not go through all that pain and suffering. Yeah. 
it's really funny you said color red versus color yellow because that brought me all the way back to like mass effect that's i'm always gonna make that type of comparison but like some of the ending cutscenes for elden ring were just the same video Uh but a different color scale like it was just different camera angle too this one's gray (laughs) this one's red it's just eh. different different uh voiceover yeah the indians could have been better there's a couple nice ones though um and i know we're coming up on time but this one should be specifically applicable for us but the alternate win condition this is the category for boss fights where you could but what if we didn't right <laughs> like maybe you do run in guns blazing uh rocket lawn chair um and get through it but maybe there is an alternative path um and i have a couple uh candidates for this one one of them i know you played although i don't know if the alternate conditions were there when you played uh deus ex human revolution I've played this game. I will go on record to say. Excellent. So my follow-up point <laughs> is the the boss fights for that game, not well received. People were like, why are these here? And they were all combat mandatory. And they were combat mandatory, but you might not be running a very good combat build. Maybe it's a stealth build or a tech build or something. So they had to give you like all kinds of guns and ammo, and they put it all over the place. Um, so you basically couldn't box yourself into a loss and no one liked that yeah it doesn't seem like the best game design where it's like hey this game is all about approaching the the entire game with a variety of different options based on how you want to go oh you're diplomatic mm-hmm. you talk your way through all things cool oh you're brute force you want to like lift boxes to like take vents everywhere cool it sucks to always funnel people into Hey, I don't know what you're doing before, but uh, we're all doing this shit now. That's like yeah. having a friend come over to a party and they just put in like a VHS of something and you're all like watching the game or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's a dick yeah. move is what I'm saying. <laughs> um, People don't know what VHS actually are anymore. I remember seeing that someone had a post of like, prove you're an adult or something. It's like, uh, what is a VHS for? What does it stand for? Or what is it used for? And there's all these like fake answers. You're like, oh, it's a medical tool or something like that. Or it's like used for um, video recreation. Or, or no, it was like, yeah, used for multimedia recreation. And it's like you had to pick one of those to prove that you were this old. Hmm. And so we've I mean, been aged. I know it stands for video high school. So yes, I, uh-huh. I think I'm a 90s kid. I think you're good. Um. But I was going to say, they did come back. This is the alternate part of it. And for the director's edition, I believe, they added the ability to like go through side doors and hack turrets and detonate cores or whatever they needed to do to have you... You still killed the people. Um, and they realized the absurdity of it, so the bosses didn't count against your pacifist playthrough, even if you killed them. But they at least gave you side paths for it. Um, I had two other examples and I'm basically good. I know, I know it just never ends, but there's a lot of good boss fights out there. Um, and they're both from fallout. Uh, the first one was from fallout one, uh, where the ultimate antagonist at the very end of the game, you could get enough information together and basically just convince him through science and deduction that his plan was impossible. 
Like otherwise, it's this massively difficult fixed emplacement, tons of t- like hard enemies boss fight. But you could be like, no, and here's why. <laughs> All right, <laughs> like literally go into the YouTube <laughs> breakdown. Um, and uh, similar for Fallout New Vegas, you could convince through uh, what is it dialectics? Um, basically, Never be played. like here. <laughs> I think it's like a. Uh, philosophical argument or something but you can convince him like your plan is not going to work and here's the rationale for it as presented from a perspective that you would understand and it literally requires like speech 100 like that's the joke but um, but you can do it and just avoid a hard boss fight because you're like me think big I mean I, I love I, that. I like it as an option I feel like it promotes discussion amongst people in today's uh, society for yeah uh, podcasts. <laughs> it promotes podcasts. So, and if uh, you'd like to, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who's your favorite boss? Not in real life. I, no, that's that's a that's a trap. <laughs> the current one I have. <laughs> um, money, 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 money. <laughs> And you can lie as a preface. The bonus points if you don't. I've, I've definitely not had enough time to think about like a, a good answer. Mm-hmm. An iconic answer for going back to like Sonic Adventure Battle 2. All of them. Like King mm-hmm. Boom Boom Eggman. will always stand out to me as mm-hmm. a, an interesting boss fight. Not not mechanically or anything or design-wise or music-wise. It's just I will always have a burned memory in my brain of that rainbow uh-huh. ghost. Um. I really like the last boss of Sekiro. I actually enjoyed the fuck out of that. That was going to be my... I was going to bait into a different answer and then pivot into uh, last boss of Sekiro. Like, I don't remember the music for that, but I remember, like, how fucking sweaty I was. It's incredibly dramatic. I'm going to kick this person's ass. (laughs) There are not many bosses that I couldn't beat the night that I started fighting them after trying for, like, four hours. (laughs) Um, what's what's part- funny about this the Sekiro thing is I know previously we've talked about like the white monkey and mm-hmm. like that fucked me up and you're yeah. like oh that I did that in, like you know five or six times figured mm-hmm. it out and I was like how did you you're like oh well, you can punish this one thing I'm like I'm gonna memorize what Jake said and apply it. and <laughs> I did that and I beat him but yeah. for this final boss it was like six or seven for me <laughs> Yeah, it, that, it, it was, was like insane. weird. How, like that was the turn of like that's where my sweatiness came on. Yeah, no, I I had to alter my mindset and it required going to sleep to actually have a chance to beat him. But that's my favorite kind of boss. It's a skill test, you know. Um, and yeah, I want something that I'm not going to beat first try. I want something that's going to kick my ass several times. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Melania, mimic here <laughs> exists. I fucked you up. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, my joke answer, which I do feel I, I do need to contribute at this point, is Senator Armstrong for Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. It's classic, I'm told. Yeah. His boss fight's okay. It's great theming, though. <laughs> um, but for those out there beyond in the 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 other realm of the internet, uh. Hopefully you guys have played some video games, solitaire or something. Um, what are your guys' favorite boss fights? If you have one or multiple or an essay, I can't guarantee you would read it, but an essay, 
um, or you want to be our essay, you can send in your suggestions to soapstonepodcast at gmail.com. Or you can join the discussion on Facebook, where we're actually gathering together to take down the corporate bosses at facebook.com slash soapstonepodcast. The revolution will be televised. <laughs> that was it. That's my call. To... That's my call. And as always, let's, we'll see you in the next Let's roll one. it back. We'll roll it back. <laughs> Have a good night. Have a good night. Jake.